0: Aloha and welcome to sup FM the podcast for
1: stand-up paddleboarders everywhere so with no further ado let's get out on the water and on with the show here are your hosts Nick and Simon well good afternoon Simon it's a really hot afternoon in Portugal here and I'm playing with my iced tea trying to make it sound really well. We've got Sean Sachs on today. What about? How did you get in touch with Sean Sachs? Well, it was very difficult. Um, Sean Sean is uh, the go-to media person for stand-up paddleboarding in the UK and has appeared on uh, all the major networks. And part of that's down to the fact that she runs a school in a beautiful part of the world, North Wales. And uh, if you check out her psychedpaddleboarding.com. Site. She's got some fantastic um, video of uh, the wonderful mountains and and lakes uh, where she paddles. So um, it was um, it was great to have her on. Uh, we we talked mostly about a monstrous trip she did. She circumnavigated. Wales and uh, for those of you who know Wales all the way around it, all the way around and um, for those of you who know Wales know that um, one side of it's landlocked so you'd think that'd be a bit of a challenge but uh it, there are a lot of canals and waterways. So she split the trip into two areas. One was the coast, which can be very, very wild and very, very busy. And the other side was was the canals and the waterways. And she's got all sorts of affiliations with all sorts of organisations, including Surfers Against Sewage. So she did some cleanups on her way around and engaged lots of local schools. So we talk about all of that um, during the episode. Um, Sean is an absolute case study on how to run expeditions. She's done this. Uh, professionally in her past and what struck me from the conversation was the amazing amounts of organisation to the point that she was on first name terms with the Coast Guard crew who celebrated just as loudly when she completed her circumnavigation as anyone else and of course the media was there to welcome her back. So it's a really really lovely interview uh, with the very brilliant Sean Sykes. Today, I'm talking to Sean Sykes. Now, Sean is the inspirational owner of Syked Paddleboarding, which is based in beautiful North Wales. And she doesn't only offer SUP adventures and tuition, but she's also an adventure in her own right, which we'll be talking about a little later on. And she's also a prominent campaigner working with organisations like Surfers Against Sewage to eliminate single-use plastics which as we all know, anyone who's been out on the water, on the coastline or the river, seen the pollution that comes from these plastics and is a huge killer of wildlife. Sean, it's great to have you on FM.
0: Thank you, Simon, for inviting me.
1: One of the questions I tend to ask uh, people uh, on the podcast is just tell us a little bit about your first experience on a paddleboard.
0: Gosh, it seems like a long time ago. Um, I was really fortunate to be asked by some friends to join them on a little journey, a trip to cross England on stand up paddle boards. And um, I thought, why not? I fancy a holiday, I fancy an adventure. And um, it was a really wonderful experience to just jump on a board. And, you know, once you've mastered the basics, um, it was a wonderful way to journey and for me from a very early age I had a fascination with water um but I was always fearful of being trapped underwater so you know sea kayaking kind of put me off um of not feeling confident to do rolls and things like that so with paddleboarding it was amazing because you know it was a wonderful journey um bird's eye view and really close to the water and be able to go on an expedition and um, I absolutely fell in love with it.
1: Your career took you into the uh, the wilds of, uh, of London didn't it and uh, now you're in uh, uh, North Wales how, how did that transition take place?
0: In Gosh, it feels like a long time. Um, I was in the corporate world in advertising, and I was working in Manchester and London. Um, I absolutely loved my job. I loved the challenge, but it was incredibly fast-paced, and I was. Just surrounded by buildings, no open space. And I I suppose I'd I'd call it, I had an early midlife crisis, I'd like to call it. And um, when I visited friends and family back home in North Wales, I found it harder to leave at the weekends or on a Monday morning to go back to London. And I, I guess something kind of shifted that I wanted to change my um career I wanted to do something a bit more fulfilling I mean I loved my job before but I wanted to just really feel more fulfilled and and when I was outside when I was connected with nature I would just sparkle and shine and um and I discovered that you could make a career in the outdoors so it felt like a no-brainer really so I made the the transition to leave advertising and get into the wonderful joys of working in the great outdoors
1: wow that's fabulous and um, certainly anyone who's visited psyched com can uh, see all those beautiful images of the area that, that you work in clearly that was a, a big draw um, did you come from that area originally?
0: Actually I'm um uh, I was born in a place called Bangorshill in North Wales, and my parents retired to Anglesey, and I absolutely fell in love with Anglesey because we're really fortunate. We've got stunning coastline, we've got breathtaking views of Snowdonia, and you know, I, I'd love, you know, it is the adventure capital, I'd say, of of Wales. We've we've got a And it's a real joy, a real pleasure sharing um, what's on my doorstep with customers and they absolutely love it. We've we've been fortunate to see phosphorescent in the water when we've been night paddling. We've seen seals, dolphins, porpoise. It's incredible up here.
1: I think, um, you know, one of the the things I'd like to talk to you about, so much to talk to you about, because I know that um, you've led expeditions and so on across the world, and um, you've done a couple of firsts. I think the first was your circumnavigation of Anglesey. That seems to me like that would have been quite a challenge because the Menai Straits are quite notorious in terms of, of tides. Tell me a bit about that trip
0: gosh um it was a wonderful trip I allocated five days to do the trip and I had to set off um when it wasn't perfect conditions and so I made the strategy to launch on the Menai Strait because when it's windy on Anglesey Menai Strait provides a bit of shelter and it was a I think it was a force nine and um it was it was incredible. So it was an awesome downwind on the Menai Strait. And and you're right, Simon, um the Menai Strait is very complex water. Um you need to really be mindful and considerate about understanding the tide and the Um, whirlpools which make it exciting and um, it was a really great trip and it was the basis for going around Wales and you know I was on a 10A inflatable paddleboard which looking back just seemed crazy but um, um, it was really exciting and it was the first opportunity which I did to go around um the awesome north and south stack which is so iconic on Anglesey um there's tidal race which is exhilarating and you know you need to be really um knowledgeable of that area and to be really hot with understanding about your tides and um I loved it and it was the first time I started to pick up some big distances on the water and um yeah it was a really fun trip and I learned a lot about myself I've learned that I am an ox I can keep on going and going I'm very mentally strong and um yeah that set me up for my uh, bigger trip which I did a few years later
1: Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, it's all learning, it's all time on the paddleboard, it's all sort of testing things out. But uh, your circumnavigation of Wales was, you know, by all standards, absolutely spectacular. Not least that when most people look at Wales on the map, they think, how on earth can you circumnavigate that on a paddleboard? But uh, the first bit you did down all of the inland waterways, didn't you? Just tell me a bit about, uh, first of all, coming up with that idea. When did uh, When did that idea come to mind?
0: Gosh, I can't remember when I had that light bulb moment, but it was it was pl- playing on my mind that you know, obviously I'd done Anglesey where I live, and it seemed like Wales was the next one up, really, and and it coincided with my strong ethos about um, inspiring people about the waterways and how we need to protect it and to reduce our single-use plastic footprint. And with Hatching the Plan for Wales, I thought it combined it all because... I wanted to show people from urban areas that what gets dropped in those areas finds a water source and then ends up on our beautiful beaches. And, you know, sadly, 150 plastic bottles are found per mile of a UK beach, which is frightening. So I wanted to highlight this big trip um, on a national scale by linking in all the waterways. And you're right, I started off inland and and I was fortunate that I did the rivers and the canals and then I jumped along then onto the Welsh coastline. So it was a proper circumnavigation. And in those sections of being on the river and the canal and sea, it was an opportunity for me to highlight what I was finding um the single use plastic bottles engaging with the community to get involved and also getting people involved with making a pledge to reduce their single use plastic consumption
1: doing that distance anyway is quite a challenge but trying to you know juggle obviously clearing up as you go and uh, engaging with people is is a massive challenge how did you find the engagement as you went down you know did you get much interest as you you were sort of hitting that that land side of of Wales?
0: I did I did and um, it was really interesting because obviously when I set off on my challenge it was solo and supported and as a female paddler I just didn't know what to expect and when I was on the waterways it was really lovely that on the canals there's a really wonderful network of such kind supportive um, boat people on the barges and they were really keen to get involved. They were thrilled what I was doing because it was almost they felt I was taking their concerns, their worries, but highlighting it on a larger scale for everybody else to know their worries and concerns. And and it was almost like um, I was their voice, and they were thrilled, and they wanted to hear all about my trip. They got involved by um, picking up single use plastic bottles along their stretch where that where they're barges based and they all contributed um with giving me their pledges against single-use plastics so some would say that they'd swap from shampoo bottles in plastic to shampoo bars and Mm. um, it was really encouraging on the canals just to have that buy-in from people that they were really excited with what I was planning to do and they thought it was a great way and a great message to share
1: Mm, absolutely. And I suppose on the, the canals, there is that ownership from the people that live on, the, uh, on those boats. In my experience, I've done harbour cleanups and more river cleanups than canals, but th- there is a depressing amount of, of waste that people just throw into rivers. Did you find that the rivers were worse than the canals or did you find them sort of more or less similar in terms of volumes?
0: I, I would say I I found rivers more. Um, there was a tide of single use plastics along the River Severn, and it was absolutely heartbreaking. And no wonder it's ending up in on you know out on the coast. And I'm very grateful for like you Simon getting involved with doing litter picks, and it's wonderful with the sup community how people are wanting to protect their waterways and. Um, great to see and what we need to do is shift from a whole single use convenience society and break down you know um our reliance on them and and have legislation in place where manufacturers retailers will will change but we need to change our behavior that we we remove ourselves from such a convenience society but as you know quite rightly so um it, it's a real joy to see people are passionate about the waterways, but it was alarming the amount I saw and within a short space of time, I filled up a 90 litre bag full oh my God. of bottles and you know, when I was on the water, I went out in, um, in the spring. March and everything was in flood so there was so much plastic it was unreal Mm. it was heartbreaking to see but I was really pleased that I jumped off my board and picked up the plastic bottles because at least it stopped it entering out into the oceans and um, and that was you know my key mindset at the start that I wanted to do as much as I could each day.
1: I think a lot of the the paddle community are very aware and certainly um, there are a huge amount of activity for on beach cleans and river cleans and so on. But um, for single-use pl- plastics, what sort of commitments did you get from people? What are your sort of tips to minimise your use of single-use plastics?
0: That's a good question, Simon. So I know it's a bit of a mindful out there and I think what my recommendation is, make a small change, don't feel overwhelmed and that small change can lead to more positive changes The culprits which surface against sewage are targeting are, for example, single-use plastic water bottles, plastic straws, plastic sachets, plastic cutlery, those kind of things. And you can make easy switches. So you can change from a single-use plastic bottle to a reusable bottle. And there's so many wonderful um, people out there who are offering refill schemes. So they sign up or an app called Refill, and you can see on the app where you can refill your water bottle, and it's so simple, and you're stopping buying lots of plastic and necessary bottles. Um, reusable coffee cups, and there's a lot of incentives now in takeaway coffee houses where they give you a discount for taking a reusable which is great. And um, taking reusable containers. So if you're going for your takeaway, you can take it there. Or, you know, if you're having chips, for example, a takeaway, just get them to wrap it up in paper and ditch, you know, don't have the polystyrene. Um, So those are quick changes. And then and also stop using single use plastic bags, reusable bags. And you can go further. So I'm, you know. I really minimise any single-use plastics and so I use shampoo bars, I make my own deodorant, I've started to make my own facial creams, my own sun cream because I'm using all natural products and um, I can put them in uh, non-single-use plastic or if I have got any left over I can just reuse the container
1: well wow. yeah and and as you say it's all about awareness isn't it because you know I'm, certainly i have for years just use this single-use plastics I guess because I've considered there aren't alternatives but there certainly seems to be general pressure um, and and a real momentum at the moment so you know fantastic work that you've been doing particularly during this this trip but you know since then in order to bring people along with you on this um, single-use plastic avoidance.
0: Yeah uh, thank you as you know it's a big passion of mine and it is about raising awareness but inspiring people and there's a lot of people when i talk to them that they feel guilty for buying stuff in single-use plastics but they feel like they have got no other choice from the factories and retailers and this is why i'm working very closely with the welsh government because they're Today is actually the day of um, submitting all your thoughts about their circular economy uh, strategy because they want to be a zero waste country, which is amazing. And it's so good to see, you know, governments really taking this on board seriously. And my big thing is we do need to switch our relationship with being a single use society and we need to reuse, repair and, um, and question, actually, do we really need this item?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we speak right in the middle of the uh, the lockdown, where I think people are thinking a lot more about, um, you know, the way that they live their lives. You know, the instant society is just, it's not fulfilling and it's not good for us either. So, you know, I think, um, you know, absolutely essential. And, and surfers against sewage, clearly they've got uh, they've got organisations working regionally, and um, down where I am, near the New Forest uh, on the south coast, we've got a plastic-free um, Limington and you know some of the, the stuff that we managed to to clear up from the harbour is is just unbelievable, and um, and actually you know risky not just to to wildlife but also to to stand-up paddleboarders out there. So uh, full kudos for you for for all the work that you've done. Thank you. uh, um, just, just sort of coming back, just to finish off um, the the trip, I know you're an ambassador for Starboard and uh, we're not here to necessarily advertise brands, but I've also had a lot of contact with Starboard and they certainly seem um, to be pushing forward on, on their environmental production of their boards and so on using old fishing nets and, and so on. Is, is, is that part of your attraction uh, to working with them?
0: Most definitely. When I was picking a brand for my business and also for my trip, it's my big focus. And um, it was it was lovely, the synergy between us, because we shared the same values about the environment. Starboard are very keen to inspire, raise awareness, educate, but also they're trying to minimise their impact too. So, for example, the bags are made from recycled plastic bottles or um, they provide litter pick hooks. They use plant-based resin. Their packaging is paper and cardboard and they put money into a tax pot. So for every board you're buying, that, in fact, turns into organised beach cleans of removing about 200 bags of rubbish off the beaches. And also for every board you buy, they plant um, a mangrove tree. and. So for me, in terms of all the brands out there, they really inspired me. And I was very excited to have a partnership with them. And, um, and for a brand, I think that's fantastic because we're all, each and every one of us are responsible with the decisions we make. And it's great to see a brand taking it on board and reducing the amount of impact they have on the environment and to inspire all their paddlers too.
1: One of the things that made me fall in love with stand up paddling is, you know, a certain ethos, which is which we try and embody as part of this podcast, which is, you know, it's not about elitism. It's all about enjoying nature, getting out there in whatever form. And you know, environmental responsibility is, is, you know, is absolutely um, key you know getting out there in nature is is one of the key attractions it's great for mental health as well as uh, physically so you know um, starboard have certainly made massive contribution there and hopefully they're setting the, the standard for other um, sub manufacturers as well mm. but just coming back to your trip in uh, around um, wales and uh, i'm contractually obliged to ask these questions <laughs> um hairiest moment
0: Harry's moment was finding out at the last minute there was a private firing range on the Seven because I'd done my, all my research and I knew about the MOD ones, but the, the 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 scary one was speaking with them, finding out that they were firing, the flags were up, and I spoke to them and they said, well, you've got half an hour to get a wiggle on.
1: Oh, and my God.
0: Blown down. And I'm like, really? And the flags were flying? and i was really twitchy because obviously the seven is um, notorious and um, mm-hmm. and <laughs> when i went past the last flag literally i crossed it and all i could hear was a thud like <clears throat> and i was like seriously i think they're all there watching with the binoculars and um, yeah so that was a bit um quite interesting and uh, uh, scary and then and then, sorry, can I add two, Simon?
1: <laughs> mm, of course you can. <laughs>
0: um, big, big um, ships and tankers um, where you could actually see people on them. That was quite interesting, especially when, you know, checking with the port authority that everything's okay. And um, suddenly this big ship and you're like, oh, um, yeah. And it's funny because I overheard like um, on the comms that one tanker, near sort of cardiff way was like oh interesting i've never seen one of those before meaning a <laughs> border, and i'm glad they managed to spot me um well so yeah that was quite interesting
1: blimey oh so a couple of real hairy ones there so headwinds obviously is a bit of a concern for any uh paddle boarders what was your shortest mileage achieved on a particular day
0: um gosh I mean, there was some days, Simon. I couldn't get out on the water because it was such strong wind and um, and wind against tide as well, and it just wasn't working in my favour. So it was sometimes. I think when I was trying to jump onto the seven, I had to wait fa- five days for the right opportunity. Um, so there was some days where I managed to jump on the water, and there was, I think, the shortest distance I travelled was like twelve kilometres. And I just, mm-hmm. there's no point. I'm just going to um, exhaust myself, and I need to stretch, hydrate, refill, and get ready to you know smash out the miles. So my strategy was that um, when the conditions weren't suitable, I wouldn't go out on the water. I'd do litter pick, engage with the community, hydrate, stretch, and that's why I've been so fortunate. When I could get on the water, I was smashing out um, you know 70 kilometers and. Uh, and I didn't have any injuries throughout the trip, which is incredible. How on earth did you manage that? (laughs) i think it was from stretching and you know utilizing when when mother nature you know we're at the mercy of her and you know if it's not good conditions we utilize that's the best um opportunity for us to stretch and um look after ourselves and you know i know some paddlers who get frustrated that they can't go out in conditions but you've got to be respectful and um you know when everything's in your favor it's amazing that you're just flying along the water it's just great I love it
1: It's mm, fantastic but, when the wind's at your back
0: totally. and you know there was an opportunity where there was a few times I was on spring tide um and it was a tidal race and um I was on like also eight to ten foot swell and I was loving it I felt so invigorated and so I don't know I don't it, I just felt really powerful and I felt supercharged from getting all this energy from the water because, you know, the one real joy with paddleboarding is that your whole body adapts, doesn't it? And, um, you feel, and every micro movement you do, you alter. so when you're in invigorating, exhilarating experiences on on the ocean, your body just adapts and it just it just you feel so supercharged, it's amazing
1: yeah you absolutely do you feel part of the whole thing for for me um the early morning sort of dawn patrol surf missions and so on getting down on the beach where it's when it's dark and then just watching the sun come up and the sparkle and so on it's just i mean it's almost a sort of religious experience isn't it
0: oh it's just those magical moments and you know that's why we love it um just to take time out and um And uh, just enjoy those lovely wild elements and feeling the sun on your face and just being immersed in water is lovely, isn't it?
1: Oh, just unbelievable. And wildlife encounters on the way past, I think round about, uh, was it Aberaeron and uh, Newquay and so on, that's known for, you know, whales and dolphins and so on.
0: Yes, I've been told by um, my friend Andy, who is um, part of WSA Trainer, and he was saying, I'll join you on the water because there's loads of dolphins here. And, uh, you know, he is the dolphin whisperer of Newquay. (laughs) And, um, you know, we were fortunate I saw a couple, but literally when I left his patch, loads came out to play and I was just like yeah I think I think I put them off but I'm sure they might have been doing backflips behind me but um yeah it was it was wonderful to see the dolphins and I had the pleasure when I was around my home turf around sea, there was a lovely tidal race and the sun was setting and everywhere was golden and literally five porpoises were darting out of the water towards me and it was incredible moment and um, I'll never forget that and seeing seals, inquisitive seals coming up towards me and seeing puffins which they're so cute aren't they in St. Brian's mm. Bay and it was it was just wonderful just to be immersed with nature and and it highlights you know this is why we need to protect you know their ocean for them um and that's why you know i keep on doing what i'm doing is just to keep protecting it
1: and and how did it feel like when you you finished? I mean, clearly you had your guard of honor there of your porpoises, um, sort of piloting you you back. But uh, it, it's uh, it was it was a two month journey. How did it finish when you finally uh, put your paddle down after all that?
0: Gosh, Simon, it felt really surreal. I I was camped out um, in Pristatin the last night and. Um, And I had so many mixed emotions. Obviously, I was excited to see friends and family, but I felt really strong. And I love the simplicity of living out of two bags and um, Mm -hmm. being away for two months. And um, the film crew were there, um, uh, ITV were there, BBC were there, and I had this this tremendous pressure i put on myself that i had to be there at a certain time so they could get this Mm. story because obviously it was a big story and um yeah when i got there um it was just really surreal suddenly you know being on my own suddenly lots of people on the shoreline cheering me on and people brought me because i don't drink and uh, people brought me ginger beer to celebrate obviously in a glass bottle and (laughs) i celebrated with a big bottle of ginger beer and um and it was lovely to see my family and friends and um, the film crew. I had a wonderful welcome, but I felt so strong, Simon. To be honest, I didn't want to finish. I could have carried on. I wish I could have gone around Britain, but, um, I, I, you know, I needed to finish within the two months to get back to running, psyched paddle boarding. Um, but, yeah, it was fabulous.
1: That sounds absolutely incredible trip. Obviously, you know it, all the uh, the tough times make that that beautiful finish and those beautiful sunsets and sunrises um, really come alive. So, so what's next? I mean, I know that you're you're working on a book, and is there a film coming out?
0: Yeah, so I'm. It's, it's been my first book, so if anybody has got any tips or recommendations, please get in touch. Um, so yes, I'm busy during lockdown writing my book because I thought it's a wonderful opportunity to use this downtime, and also it's a way of sort of processing that whole trip because it was really big for me. Um, because obviously, when I finished my trip, I went straight into a busy season, so it'd be nice to reflect back. Um, and you're right, there's a film which is been just final edits to the film I saw it the other day and it brought a tear to my eye it's really good so I hope your listeners will um, look forward to watching that and um, at the moment I've got a few personal projects lined up for paddleboarding and then I'm, I'm, I'm in talks with people because I'm wanting to do a bit of collaboration with people in different fields at the moment. So it's exciting times, actually, using this, this um, moment to pause and reset that um, I've got this opportunity to kind of forge new links with people and hatch some plans. So watch this space.
1: Fantastic. That sounds incredibly intriguing. And in terms of the film, what's the distribution arrangements on that one? Is it it going down a particular platform or what are the plans or haven't you got that far yet?
0: I'm discussing that at the moment with the film crew, what we could do. If not, um, after lockdown, we might do a big launch where people can come and see it and then we'll find channels of distributing it. So yeah, uh, just watch the space really.
1: If, if, you know, if you can't wait for the film, um, you did a fantastic webcast uh, with, was it WSA? Yes, that's um, Skills Account. Uh, with WSA, yeah. that's right. A, a fantastic account of your trip. And, it, and uh, you know, we've just basically teetered around the edges of it today. It's, it was just an absolutely epic trip and, uh, you know, just um, made a, a huge amount of good in terms of uh, generating interest around uh, – single-use plastics so um fabulous
0: thank you because uh, yeah as soon as i finished my trip i i got cracking with getting anglesey plastic free community status and we after three months solid working on it i was thrilled that we were the first county in the uk to be awarded um the surface against sewage um award for being plastic free so it, you know, it was fantastic how much changes we've made. How the momentum's picking up, uh, but there's a lot more to be done. And um, and hopefully, your listeners will feel inspired to look what they um, use on a day to day basis and see what pledges they can make. So it'd be great to hear from them what they're wanting to change.
1: Well, we'll certainly put that out there. Um, I think you know these pledges. You ask for those uh, throughout your um, your trip, and um, it's all about these commitments, which um, which make a massive difference to change our habits and reduce single use plastics. And while, as individuals, we feel that you know it's just well, use a very poor metaphor, drop in the ocean. Um, it actually makes a, a huge difference if we all take action together, which, you know, you've proved by the Welsh government action and also the increasing momentum behind Plastic Free. So fabulous. Thank you so much for your time, Sean. I'm fantastic chat. Could you just remind us where to, to find out about you online?
0: thank you simon for you know for wonderful chats and awesome questions so if people want to find out more about me i you can reach me on my website which is sean i'm on social media as well so if you feel inspired and want to discuss any trips you've got planned or about single-use plastics then please do get in contact and then Also, if you feel inspired to join us on some awesome paddleboarding trips, we do night paddleboarding and expeditions. You can also reach us at psychedpaddleboarding.com too. Thanks
1: very much, Sean. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you and hopefully we can uh, speak again at some point in the future.
0: Thank you, Simon. And I look forward to hopefully um, seeing you on the water very soon.
1: Fantastic. Speak soon. Thank you for listening to Sup FM, the number one podcast for stand-up paddlers wherever you are. If you like what you've heard, please leave us a review on iTunes. Until then, we'll see you on the water.